Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of the Hoops Habit Podcast. I am your host, Michael Duggar, and we continue our NBA summer reviews kind of preview with the Southwest Division of the Western Conference. And before we get to that, let me just say I'm just excited to see all the players in their new threads with their new teams. It's exciting to see preseason basketball coming up this weekend, and it's just... The offseason's never been so short for the NBA, I feel like, because, you know, there's constant drama, and there's drama right now with Jimmy Butler, so it's kind of still dominating the headlines. Even though the NFL's in full swing, and the MLB playoffs are... MLB, MLB playoff races are heating up, and the playoffs actually start next week, so... The NBA is a dominating sport in terms of headlines, and this year's no different with LeBron and the Lakers. Like I just mentioned, the Jimmy Butler saga... What can the Warriors do? The Celtics are fully healthy. Kawhi in Toronto. The storyline just never seen end, end, end. So we're just going to get into this divisional preview and stuff. I'm going to try to, not try to, I am going to have a um, preview. I'm going to have a guest on and we're going to preview each conference, Eastern and Western, and go through that, give, give some thoughts and predictions, stuff like that, and just give an overall feel for the league, make this a weekly podcast, get guests on, all that stuff, make it legit as possible. So... Begin our Southwest Division preview in Houston, where the Houston Rockets finished as number one seed last year and had an interesting offseason, to say the least. They lost Trevor Ariza, and then the other big move they made was, well, they signed Carmelo Anthony to a veterans minimum contract. Clint Capella seemed to be unsigned for months, and they finally came to a nice four-year, four $85 million eighty. $80 million um, deal, which is a good deal for the big man, good deal for the team. And then they finally got rid of the Ryan Anderson contract in a trade with the Phoenix Suns and acquired Brandon Knight, a nice backup point guard to Chris Paul, and Marquise Chris, who was a huge bust in Phoenix. And I'm going to get to him in a second, but this is all about Chris Paul and James Harden. Defending the reigning MVP in Harden, Chris Paul... You know, a lot of pe- people say, is, I picked the Rockets win that series in seven. If he doesn't get injured in the end of game five, who knows? Maybe the Rockets do pull that se- win one of those two games. You know, there's better. They, they, they would jump out to these big leads on the Warriors and then just fade and fade because they missed 27 consecutive three-pointers and stuff like that. And having Chris Paul, someone who can navigate the mid-range, would have been perfect to throw in there and thrust in there. That's exactly what they were missing. But he's, he, he's healthy coming into the season, and... I know a lot of people are saying, oh, they're going to miss Trevor Reese and all that stuff, but the heart and soul of this team to me is P.J. Tucker. And you throw, there's still that core four of Harden, Chris Paul, Tucker, and Capella are still there. And then if, say, Melo isn't the Melo we think, then they still have Eric Gordon that could throw in there, who plays pretty good defense and is still a knockdown shooter, former sixth man of the year. Did he win it last year? Let me check real quick. 2018 six man of the year. Lou Williams won last year. Okay, so Eric Gordon is always in the race for the for the six man of the year award since he joined the Rockets. So, I mean, this team's still going to be. It's going to be the same thing we always see with this team. They're going to score a lot of points. Their defense is per, is really solid. That which was something we've seen the past cup last year. We saw that big jump, and you no, know, I did, they did lose the defensive guru of their um. Of their of their coaching staff, he retired, but 
there's still talent. Capella's still roaming the rim. Chris Paul's still as feisty as ever on the perimeter. P.J. Tucker can guard one through four. I mentioned Gordon. Can, can Melo do anything? We'll see. And it's just they have the basis for a good defense, to, to that defense to remain. Their offense will still be dominant with Harden and Paul ball dominating. And then they have more shooters around. They have shooters around them now. Can Carmelo? But these, there's two things, two factors I want to talk about this team with. A quick thing that they also added James Ennis and Michael Carter Williams. So good for them. Um, first, can Melo adapt? Can he become more of a spot up shooter? Remains to be seen. I feel like when they're when Harden and Paul are resting, if those two are ever not on this floor together, that's a time we can throw Melo. You can base an offense around Carmelo and run ISO heavy stuff like that with him. But the main point of intrigue with me is Marquise Chris because he was in a situation with Phoenix where he wasn't with any good players. Devin Booker's a good player. People are people are saying he's the next great player, but he's still in his, th- his fourth year. He's entering his fourth season. He's not really the point guard that's going to unlock a big man that's raw in skills and stuff like that. So looking at Marquise Chris, I see him as the... I know Nene and stuff like... There's Nene, um, Tariq Black. I see all these players and I think, you know... This is a perfect spot for Marquise Chris to come in and be a backup center where the floor is going to be open. He's going to be asked to do simple things like set a pick and roll to the rim. And we've seen his athleticism. That's what wowed everyone pre-combine and pre-draft was his athleticism. He's still only 21 years old. He's 6'10", 240. I really like this move for what the Rockets did. This makes him more athletic on the front line, gives him slightly bit of depth, and I think that the offensive guru that D'Antoni is on the coaching staff and then Harden and Paul, I think they can make the game so simple for Chris that he will be a productive player. I don't think he's going to push Capella for minutes. I'm not saying that at all. But he is in the best situation possible for him to improve his game in terms of developing some skills and situational fit with how open the floor is going to be. I like this team. I still think they're going to be, I think they're going to finish in the top three of the West, top two of the West. If I mean, we'll get, like I said, I've been, I have a lot of thoughts about some other teams. So, but in this, in this, um, in this division, I think they're still the cream of the crop. I still think they finish one. And yeah, it's just, they have the best player in the division. Two, probably the two best, eh, Anthony Davis. So they have the best player in the division, the best team in the division, top to bottom. So, so expect more of the Rockets. Expect to see him make a deep playoff run and see who they. Dip. A lot of it depends on who they match up match up with in the playoffs and stuff like that. But we're gonna leave the Rockets there and go to New Orleans, where a team that had a surprise run in the second half of the season came along, and that was pretty much due to Anthony Davis. I know Drew, Drew Holiday played phenomenal. Rajon Rondo played well. Nikola Mir, uh, Miritich, who came over from trade with Chicago, he played really well. But Anthony Davis is the centerpiece of this. Um, Boogie Cousins went down with his torn Achilles. He moved to the five, played more five. And they led the league in tempo. They led the league in scoring all in those months after. They swept the Trailblazers in the first round. 
And then they lost to the Warriors in five. And their big moves this season is that they pretty much swapped with the Lakers for Julius Randle, and they brought in Alfred Payton, and also Julian Okafor, who, as I guess is a backup center, is interesting. I mean, I don't know. That's no thought. I need to see Julian Okafor and his new vegan body and his new skill set that he was that we saw videos of online. I need to see that in action before I jump all on that train. But they have a strong three-headed monster at the front court position. Anthony Davis can do everything on the court. Defend one through five. Score inside. Score outside. Protect the rim. Do everything. Pass. Rebound. Everything. Miritich. Defense isn't his strongest suit, but he can shoot corner threes. He, you can post him up, and he can get his shot anytime. So if teams do want to go small to match up with their speed, there's going to be a matchup between Davis and Miritich at all points. And then... They bring in Julius Randle, who's just a walking, who's just a bully ball monster, and he played all 82 games with the Lakers. I followed the, I covered the Lakers hoops habit, so I was watching all of that stuff. And this was his most impressive season to date. He slimmed down. His defense was phenomenal on the on the perimeter, especially. He's not the best shot blocker at six nine, but he can in that with his two. He's weighs two fifty, and he can move so fast. And he still overwhelms people on offense. He's still a great rebounder. His rebounding rebounding numbers weren't extremely impressive because the Lakers are such a good team rebounding or rebounding team. And I don't know if they're going to be that great because Anthony Davis is going to gobble up all the rebounds. But that rotation means you have a pretty solid big man in times on the court at all times. The limitations with this team are still still on the wing. You know, you're throwing out there Darius Miller, Etwan Moore, who's an undersized wing at 6'4". Um... Troy Williams is on the raw. I'm just once for people who don't know this, I just look at the rosters and go through it. Solomon Hill, that twelve million dollar that that contract doesn't look like great. And although he does a, he does a purpose, he's more served as a small ball four because he's not athletic enough to handle the threes and stuff like that. Their backcourt: Ian Clark, Alfred Payton. I mentioned Drew Holiday, so I expect Holiday and Payton to be the starters. Which could be strong. I think this team's going to be strong. It's going to be good defensively. Because Peyton is a good defender. Holiday is a great defender. Davis is there. Especially with Rand- with Randall and Davis in the front court. That's going to be a sh- really, really strong defensive team. I think their offense will take a, take a step back. But I think their defense, can, that production on defense can take a step forward. With Randall and Peyton and all these players. So... I mean, this team is very interesting because they're not really put together well, but Anthony Davis is so good that it's tough not to, like, peck them for a playoff spot. That's kind of my thinking right now is when you have one of the top five players, I'm not going to go into rankings right now, but top five, top six players in the league, um, it's tough to leave them out of the playoffs. But this roster is really is really um, interesting, to say the least. But with the Timberwolves most likely trading Jimmy Butler, that opens up one playoff spot. So I think the Pelicans can be that team. I mean, not much. I mean, there's really not that much to dive into with this team because, it, it, like I've said, it's Anthony Davis. I've already mentioned the front court and Drew Holiday. So can Holiday stay continue to stay healthy and maintain that All Star level he was at last year? And what does Anthony Davis have for us next? That's pretty much the gist of them. So 
We'll go to a team that usually doesn't make a lot of noise, but did this offseason. And I'm mean, noise as in roster overhaul and in the storylines in the NBA offseason for weird reasons. So that's the San Antonio Spurs, who did make the playoffs and lost to the Warriors in five. The big story about them is that they traded Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green. And their return was much better than people expected with DeMar DeRozan and Jakob Poto coming over. No picks, just good player swap. And I really like this team to finish in the top six of the, of the, of the West at the very minimum. They lose Tony Parker to the Hornets, which is going to be weird to see, which already was weird to see in media day. They, Mono Ginobili retires. And then now you're looking at this roster and it's a weird mix of young and like youth, very athletic young players. And then very, very over the hill players on one side. LaMarcus Aldridge is an all-star, one of the best players. He, he was one of the best top 20 players in the league last year. He stepped up, dominated for the Spurs did everything they asked him to be. And that was after he wanted to be traded and then sat down with um, Popovich and stuff like that. And he's convinced him to stay. He said, hey, we'll put you in the spots. And they and they seem to have a little a nice bond growing. Um, bring back Bellinelli, Marco Bellinelli. Don't know what that's going to do. Um, Pau Gasol, Rudy Gay, Jeffrey Laverne. Patty Mills is still there. Is this... To me, this is all about the young players taking a step forward. Like, can DeJounte Murray continue to grow as if he's a defensive stalwart? Can he grow offensively? Can um, And then they drafted Lonnie Walker, who a lot of people loved, and they got him late in that draft. And he he impressed me in preseason. And I'm trying to b- divide this up into units because I really like the, the guy they drafted in the 2017 draft, Derek White. I really, love what, I really love what I see from him. And I think he can lead a second... Him and Lonnie Walker leading the second team unit will, will be really, I think that's going to be an underrated backcourt. It's going to be a fun backcourt in San Antonio. They have not had an athletic pair like that in a long time, especially coming off the bench. But it's all about DeMar DeRozan. This team won 40, they won 40 plus games last season. They won, let me check. They won 47 games last season with Kawhi Leonard playing nine games and he wasn't even healthy for those nine games you throw in DeMar DeRozan and this team should win duplicate that 47 wins if not get to 50 I really think they're a top five top six seed I know DeMar people say DeMar DeRozan has limitations with three-point shooting and stuff like that and he fades in the postseason but in the regular season he's a all-nba player in an extremely crowded backcourt and now he's going to be working with the best shooting coach in the world in Chip English and Popovich, putting him in his putting him into his spots better than any coach in, in the world can. And there's nothing that I appreciate more than a player who has something to prove. Chip on the shoulder, which is something that Demar Derozan has. He got traded from Toronto. He feels betrayed. He not feels betrayed. He he says he's betrayed. He's hurt in the whole situation. Now he comes to San Antonio, new conference. Everyone's saying, "Oh, you dominate the East. You can't dominate the West." All right, 
Let's see what you can do. The two pillars of this offense are mid-range are mid-range gurus with Aldridge and DeRozan. Not really that, not really that. We don't see that in today's NBA that the team is based around two mid-range players, but we've seen both of them be efficient and effective. So. I'm not really too sure that's a big deal. And then looking at um, their projected starting five is probably Murray, DeRozan, Rudy Gay, Aldridge. I hope it's not Gasol. I hope they go, I hope they start Pottle. Or even start um, Burton's. Or even start Burton's there. Which give them a lot of space to navigate. And their bench group... Like I mentioned, Lonnie Walker, Derek White. Um, they're really like Dante Cunningham, Gasol, Bellinelli. Like, there's some options on this team. They're a lot younger. They're a lot younger and athletic than they were last season. The in seasons past. So I expect this team to get. I'm expecting a a return to 50 wins for this team. And if that's the case. DeRozan deserves some, not MVP, but DeRozan will get his his due, his due credit, like Aldridge got last year. Popovich could be in the coach of the year discussion. For once, they could probably say, "Hey, you know what? You actually deserve it because you what you're doing is amazing." And I'm ex- I have not been excited for a Spurs team since since that year after they won the title in 2013, 2014. LeBron's last season. I've coming into that season, they all, they just that whole they're like, "We want the Heat. We want the Heat." And after that, we've seen some. Actually, two year, two years ago, we saw what they did with Kawhi. But this team is new, fresh faces everywhere. I really like their whole entire backcourt rotation of DeRozan, White, Walker, and Murray. I think that's an exciting backcourt. And Patty Mills too. He gets his heat check going on. So, man, that's a fun team. I, 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 I Spurs. I can say this for once. Not for once, because I'm about I like I love basketball stuff like this. So I love I love their passing and their shooting and all that stuff. But they've gone down to like a slow slow the game down ISO with Aldridge these days. I really think that this team is a must must see league pass team, and I think they're going to sneak up on teams in terms of tempo, excitement, and production in terms of team wins. But we'll leave the Spurs there and head. Northeast, north. I'm not sure where San Antonio and Dallas are. San Antonio knows by the border of Mexico, but we'll head north at least to a league pass darling, and that is the Dallas Mavericks. And um, everything centered around this team is with Luka Doncic, who they acquired in a draft day trade, traded their first round pick with protections on it to the Atlanta Hawks for the rights to trade. They Hawks got Trey Young, Mavericks got Luka Doncic. Everyone's saying the Mavericks robbed the Hawks of this. Remains to be seen, but everything about this team resides with Luka Doncic. I can honestly admit I have not sat and watched one of his games live. I've seen the YouTube clips. I've seen the highlights. I've seen the step-back threes to win the EuroLeague. The Euro Championships with countries. I've seen all of that. But we'll see what he can do against NBA competition. I'm not I'm not one I'm not a doubter. Do I think he's the next coming of James Harden? 
No, that you're talking about a league MVP. This guy was pretty much consensus number one on every on every draft guru's board. So there must be something special about him. The passing and the vision, yes. Do I think he can beat NBA athletes off the dribble? Who knows? I don't know. Apparently, he's been the best player in these in, in like these Texas team based scrimmages. But we'll see when the lights get bright. He's not short on confidence. He's he's a six six point guard, and that those those don't come around that often. It's especially with his vision and passing, and under IQ and all that stuff. But the defense. And can he create his own shot against NBA-level defense throughout the whole time? And the other thing is, can he coexist with Dennis Smith Jr.? I think they can. I love Dennis Smith Jr. I think this will take a lot of pressure off of him, sliding him to a more off-ball role. Although Doncic can't, Doncic doesn't need the ball to be dominant because he can shoot so well. So for DSJ, I think this is going to be perfect. I think this is a good situation for him because defenders are going to be so locked in on on. Doncic, there's going to be places for him to catch the ball and just attack on a straight hill, downhill drive. He still has some of the best hops in the NBA. It's crazy, his, his highlight reel. Um, so I really love this backcourt. I really do. I think they can... People are picking them to finish in the 10-11 range in the West, and I think that's true, but I think that's probably a safe bet for them, but... You bring in DeAndre Jordan, and we've seen... I'm not saying he's Tyson Chandler going to make that jump, but we've seen what a big man center like this can do in Rick Carlisle's system. So, um... And they still have... I mean, this is Dirk. Dirk's... I love Dirk. You know, he's going to play his 21 minutes a game. He's going to get his shots up. He's going to be a quick little instant bucket. We're going to be seeing all of this stuff. And it's going to be really exciting to see what Dirk can do in one of his final seasons. But two players that want, well, there's Wesley Matthews, there's Wesley Matthews, there's a, couple, there's a lot of just Rick Carlisle staples on this team with J.J. Barea and Devin Harris are going to be spelling and backing up Doncic and Dennis Smith Jr. that are going to help them. And they have Dwight Powell, another player I really like. But a player that I feel has gone under the radar in terms of being underappreciated the past couple of years is Harrison Barnes. He's still only 26. He is... Let me see his averages last year. He averaged 18.9 on 44.5% shooting, 36% from deep. Six rebounds, two assists. Still plays great on-ball defense. And he's doing that, and he was doing that in a interesting offense. Now there's going to be pressure. There's going to be, he's going to be put in more space because there's going to be point guards who can score. And our, J.J. Brea and Devin Harris could score, but they're not, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? They're not driving dish and stuff like that. They're looking to get their own shot. Now there's I think this I think this offense is going to take a, a massive step forward with Doncic and another year of Dennis Smith Jr. I really do. We're going to see pick and roll. We're going to see a lot of a lot of um, screens to get Doncic open on threes. Barnes is going to be lurking in the corner, and then if not, he can do his drives. I like I said earlier about the Pelicans and the war and the. Um, 
and the uh, who are the Timberwolves trading Jimmy Butler, and that roster really not being that strong, I think the Mavericks could be a forty a thirty eight to forty one win team that is lurking in the playoffs until late till late March and then just just falls off. But there's some there's some nice pieces on this team. I, if Dennis Smith Jr., if Doncic is everything we think he's going to be because he's NBA ready because he's been playing 80-plus game seasons in Europe already, that's phenomenal. That's great. Then that's everything they wanted for. But you look at Dennis Smith Jr., I think he's going to be great in a couple years. But I don't know if he is ready to be a consistent player like this. And if, if he's not ready, they shouldn't stifle his development by benching him. But you do have other players who can come in and make an, make an impact who can do that. You know, you can go Doncic, Wesley Matthews, Barnes. Um, oh, they are light in the wings. And they have an anti. They have a, another Greek freak. I can, I'm still Ante Tukumpuno. I'm not going to buy it right now. But the Jalen Brunson's on the mixers, and um, so and Dorian Finney-Smith actually played decent. I watched a couple of his games last year. He, I think he's a he's a rotational player. He didn't do that bad last year, so I'm not not saying Dor- Dorian Finney-Smith is going to be the end all be all to the team, but you know, you know. But this Mavericks team is going to be as this is going to be a fun Mavericks team. Like I talked about the Spurs since the NBA Finals, this is going to be the most fun Mavericks team we've seen in a while. But we're going to leave the map, leave the state of Texas, and go to the great state of Tennessee where the Memphis Grizzlies are. And I, I'm i just going to say it right, at the, right off the bat. If Conley and Gasol are healthy, this is a playoff team. No question about it. I'm not even second-guessing it. This is a playoff team, and this is a team that nobody wants to see. Conley and Gasol are great. They are all... Because Conley's never made an all-star team, but when he's healthy, he's every bit that contract he earned. Gasol, getting up there in age, he's 33. But he's, last year was a fl- frustrating season for him. We saw this team had, when Conley was healthy, this team beat the Rockets, the Warriors. They, they were beating everybody early in the season and beating him handily. And then Conley went down, and then the, all the, and then everything fell off. So if they're healthy, which is a big if, this team will make the playoffs. Drafted Jaron Jackson Jr., phenomenal defender, showed that he can space the floor and shoot threes, in the in summer league, is one of the is a perfect big man compliment next to Marcus All. Draft Javon Carter fits that grit and grind Memphis um, Memphis culture so well. He can come in and give you 20, 25 minutes of effort, winning plays, on ball defense, the whole the whole floor against anyone. He's 6'2", but he plays like he's 6'6", and defend, and he's in your he's in your jock the whole in, entire game. Love that pick. The rest of this roster, Garrett Temple, they pick up from the Kings. Service, can shoot, can defend, can pass. Knows how to play the game. Good veteran for win now. Chandler Parsons, I got to see him healthy. If he's healthy, if he's anything like he was in Houston and Dallas, he'll be... He's, that's in plus, but I'm looking at Marsh Dylan Brooks last year. Got some very valuable minutes the whole season. He's a six six two guard, 
can play two to, can play two to four some small ball plays some small ball four. He's a nice nice rotational player. He's a nice fit. Kyle Anderson can come in and run your bench unit in slow mo. Slow mo is a really good player. So there's depth. Omar Omri Kasipi, because um Caspi shooter six nine small forward. There's just a lot of play, people that may not be dominating players, but they fit this team and what this team's built around. There's still they still need some more scoring from the backcourt position, but I just there's something about this. I just am a big believer in Conley Gasol. I really love Jaron Jackson Jr. So I think their defense is going to be good. Really, really, really good. If they can get to that, because they're going to slow the pace down. But here's the thing. There's some lineups where they can speed the pace up with Conley, with Brooks, Jaron Jackson playing the five. Jaron Jackson at the five, this team is going to be running up down the court, and they're going to have they're going to have so much space, and Gasol can space the floor. Everyone on this team that's going to be playing time can space the floor. Anderson can work pockets of space. So can Conley. Chalmers didn't play too bad. I'm not. They're not going to be counting on him really that much. We'll see. If you are, then good. For, then it's going to be a long season. But there are people on this team that I like, and I love Conley, Gasol, and Jaron Jackson Jr. and Dylan Brooks. So a starting five of Conley, Brooks. If you want Temple or Slow Mo, probably Slow Mo because you paid him that contract. Slow Mo and Kyle Anderson, Jaron Jackson Jr., even if he does come off the bench, and Gasol, that's pretty strong. That's defense. There's offense. There's that's a that's a really solid mix that I really love. And I've always been a believer in the Grizzlies. So I think that they're a playoff team if healthy. They're a lock. No matter what happens, this team will be in the playoffs. If they're healthy. Big if on that. So that's going to conclude the Southwest Division preview, summer review, season preview, quote-unquote, whatever you want to call it like that. And I'll be back. The podcast is going to be turning up a lot. I'll probably have another one for you. And then and like by Friday, previewing the North. Um, I'll probably go Southwest. I wanted to save the Southwest for last because that's the Pacific. I mean, sorry, Pacific. I wanted to save the Pacific for last because... You know, the Warriors, the Lakers, a lot of talking points in there. But I'm probably going to do them next because I want to wait to react to the Timberwolves trading of Jimmy Butler before I get into their season pre summer review because there's although it's fall, their summer is far but done. But we'll see how it goes. Anyways, everyone check out HoopsHabit.com, and thanks for, check, thanks for listening.